the teachers are introduced and we begin, I'll just run it through a few of the ground rules and arrangements which should make it easier for everyone. Uh, the first point, and many of you have had Vipassana retreats, is that beginning now at the beginning of the program, when Jack begins, we'll maintain silence, and that will be maintained until the end of the retreat. And we'd like that that be respected in the dormitories, in the dining hall, even in the walking areas. Uh, and there will be times to talk. There'll be interviews with teachers, group interviews, and uh, so there, and also if you have a particular thing you need to communicate to the staff, the main bulletin board upstairs near the registration desk has a schedule and that will be our main way of communicating. So if you need something from a staff member or a teacher, just put up a note by name or uh, just say staff or teacher and we'll be looking at those regularly and then we'll communicate back with you. Just be sure you put your name on it and we can get back to you. I'd like to introduce the three staff persons, uh, Dixie Ray, sitting next to Manindraji, and Benanjay Joshi, sitting next to the back of Achan, and myself, Bob Ray. Uh, we've also signed up and registered for the retreat, and so we're also here to practice. But at times, we'll have staff responsibilities. But we'd kind of appreciate it if you just leave a note for us whenever you do need us. We'll also have office hours, and we'll post that on the bulletin board um, as to when. And the office will be room 114, which is on the first floor. Just go off uh, to the right of the bulletin board into the dormitory. And that'll be probably each day. Um, in terms of walking, in back of this hall is a walking area. Uh, there's the lounge areas upstairs on the main floor that can be used. They can also be used if, uh, for periods when you want to do like mindful yoga exercises and so forth. Uh, the teachers, uh, earlier last week we had a, a meeting with, with them, and it was asked that since the time is so short here, that those of you that are joggers, we'd recommend that you don't jog that for this period you really try to do intensive practice. Since you will be walking and you can do exercise, it, it's, we don't think it would be you know, that drastic. And to really get into the practice, it would be helpful to, uh, to just walk. Also, the walking areas we're, we're recommending is, besides inside, is outside, like across the street from the main hall where you're eating. Uh, there's a nice campus area which is pretty much quiet all day long and around this building and it looks like a nice space to the right of uh, the dining hall area. The other thing is we'd ask you to enter as most of you did tonight. If you didn't, you could just kind of follow people when you see them going there. You go to the back of the building and end door and you go down into the basement and there's a separate corridor that'll take you into that uh, dining room where we're at. There are a lot of things happening on campus. I think there's a large number of, of teenagers in a basketball camp and 
but if we just stay in these areas, we shouldn't have any problem. But if you enter up the main stairs, you're going to get into a lot of uh, chaos and confusion. And uh, I think we'll have enough of that ourselves. That, uh, uh, as I said, the bulletin board is really the key to all communications. If there's special meetings, uh, those that are on the weekend, there may be special meetings for how the retreat ends in special groups. They'll be posted. Those that are going for the week, things will be posted. There'll also be regular announcements made at the sittings, and uh, that'll all be explained. Um, the residence halls here, there's a watchman for the campus, and he locks the dormitory at 11.30, and uh, so be in by, by 11.30, uh, and then it's opened early in the morning. I believe that that's all the uh, announcements. Is there any question about any any arrangement thing? Oh yeah, the we'll have the whole hall till about Wednesday, and then about 20 people will be moving in for some human relations board conference, and they'll be occupying the lower floors. But they just ask that we just stay off the other floors and just for our own uh, thing. So it'll be no one in this building until that time and then about 20 people and by the time we end on Friday a week from Friday for those that are staying then there'll be a new group come in as, after we go out so it'll be pretty private if we just stick to this these areas yes well again that's kind of like the jogging after the retreat you're you're free to you know inquire at the office about swimming but again for this kind of a retreat uh, and you'll get into the practice. It, it's important just to kind of do the practice where you'll be getting body movements and so forth. So, and to stay within the area. So swimming again would be like jogging. We just, you know, don't do it. I don't even know if there's a pool though. Well. Actually, this is a question from Jack. You had mentioned just this point of jogging, and I wonder if. Uh, okay, that was an earlier. Well, is it is it possible to continue doing a, a daily exercise? Is that the exercise, Jack? Or swimming? I wasn't actually at the meeting. Yeah, uh, mm -hmm. Asking about jogging the Mindrigi. Yeah. Running. Yeah. Running. Uh -huh. And whether uh, it's possible to run once a day during Boot retreat, booty. or better not to. Booty. No, no every, uh, every day. Each during day. retreat. Because our time is so short, and uh, we want the, every yogi uh, uh, to devote time to the practice. And uh, walking will be there. Uh, we can uh, walking. You can if jogging can take place with walking, or you can do some yoga exercise yes, mindfully. Uh, jogging because when you jog, you have to go out and premises, and it may, brings a lot of distractions and we need some strength of concentrations and mindfulness. It will be uh, difficult for you to cultivate it. That's why for the time being, for this period of time, you can postpone this. Okay. Any other questions? Okay, I'd just like to turn the program over to Jack and welcome him to uh, Milwaukee. <laughs> Thank you.
I'd also like to welcome you here to this retreat, although I feel perhaps more of a visitor than you, having just flown in this afternoon from California, where it was also hot, but not quite so hot. Um, I sit here in the basement of a dormitory in Carroll College in the middle of the summer heat wave with all the rest of you and look around and wonder, now what are we doing here? What is this about to begin a retreat of this kind? The tradition of Vipassana practice, which is the heart or the essence of the awakening, the the essence of the teaching of the Buddha given to people to use in their lives to develop a greater degree of awareness, of wisdom, of understanding, of compassion, has been handed down through monasteries and teachers in Asia for a couple of thousand and more years now. Myself having had the opportunity to practice in Asia for some years, and even more so, the other two teachers who will be here for the week, Anagarika Manindra, who is a meditation master from India, but also from Burma, who practiced and studied for many, many years and now has been teaching, I guess, for the last 20 or 30 or more years, students around the world. Ajahn Sobin, who was a monk for 32 years in Thailand and studied in the forest tradition, studied Abhidhamma, Buddhist psychology, in Thailand and Burma, studied meditation systems with a whole series of great teachers. The spirit or the heart of the meditation perhaps is best expressed by a story. When the Buddha was first enlightened shortly thereafter, this story tells, he was walking down the road one day and some people met him. And he looked very beautiful after being enlightened. I'm sure he was quite happy. And beside that it said he was a very handsome and good-looking man and so forth and obviously very much uh, presence. So they looked at him as he came by and they said to him, wow, what are you? Are you some kind of an angel or a deva? He said, no. Well, then are you some kind of a, a god? He said, no. Well, are you a wizard then or a magician? And he said, no. They said, well, are you a man? And he replied, no. And they said, well, what are you then? And he said, I am awake. And the whole essence of his teaching for 45 years and then a couple of thousand years and more past that is summed up in that one word, to be awake. And the tradition of Vipassana meditation, which we'll undertake in a systematic and intensive training this week, is to use our body, the sounds, the sights, feelings, states of mind, and thoughts to learn to become as fully present and awake, aware as possible. 
The wonderful thing about Vipassana is it's not a religion or a system that one joins as a member, but rather a teaching or a training that we can take and develop here during a retreat and then take it and use it in our lives, in our work, in our relationships, in every aspect of our lives. The journey of meditation, which for many of you is beginning this weekend or this week, for some of you have already practiced some in the path in the past, is both a simple one and a difficult one. It's simple in that the structure of the retreat and the instructions will be given in a straightforward, systematic way. We'll begin working with the exercise with training awareness on the breath, move to the other aspects of our experience with a sitting meditation, walking meditation, and eating meditation. It's difficult in that we begin with untrained minds. Normally, we walk somewhere or, or go somewhere to eat, and our mind is scattered. We can take a walk in a beautiful place in the country or go and have a lovely, delicious meal and if we pay careful attention or remember afterward, discover that two-thirds of the time we were off thinking about how we were going to tell someone how, how nice the meal was or how lovely the walk was, or planning things to do the following day or remembering things that were undone, incomplete from the day before. And a big part of the initial training in meditation is a concentrating or a collecting or gathering of the mind and the attention together here so that what we do, we can do in a fully complete or total way. The process of meditation then, even though it is simple, is difficult because the mind wanders again and again and various kinds of hindrances of pain in the body, restlessness of mind arise. And as the next two days go on, giving the series of instructions, we'll talk about how to work with those difficulties. But the most important thing is to realize that what we're going to work with in meditation is not something abstract, it won't be a visualization or a light or something apart from ourselves, but rather to use our own body and mind to begin in a precise and careful way to train our attention to be more with our movement more with our breath, more with our steps, and in it to start to see the very nature of how the mind works, how we get trapped and caught by it, and the capacity we have for learning to be freer or open or wiser. For me, says Don Juan in his teachings to Carlos Castaneda, the world is incredible because it is stupendous, awesome, mysterious, unfathomable. My interest has been to convince you that you must assume responsibility for being here in this marvelous world, in this marvelous time. I've wanted to convince you that you must learn to make every act count since you're going to be here for only a short while, in fact, too short for witnessing all the marvels of it. And so the spirit of this retreat will be to use the full time of this weekend or the seven days for those of you here the whole time. There are 20 who are leaving after the first two days. To use the entire time 
to train in eating and walking and sitting and lying down in ways to be here as completely and attentively as possible. In doing so, it's a process of first collecting and concentrating the mind and then discovering how we can be mindful and centered in the midst of the different distractions and the different sense impressions of sights and sounds that arise in, in the experience of the week. So that we train in meditation not simply a withdrawal from the world, but during this time a way to stay centered or aware or balanced in the midst of our activity. Now in undertaking this training, we have to start with several essential elements. The first is that of form. Because what we do here in the basement of dormitory at Carroll College is we actually create a temporary kind of monastery or an ashram, no different in many ways than thousands of retreat centers in Burma or Thailand or India. <coughs> and to do it, what's necessary in, in this community is first a certain establishment of virtue or precepts which keep harmony, harmony among people. And so when I finished speaking after Ajahn Soban does a chanting and recitation of the Sutra on Loving Kindness, then Manindraji will go through in English and Pali the five basic precepts that are essential as a ground for the retreat and really are a part of the precepts for living a harmonious or conscious life in our worldly life as well, the Buddhist basic precepts. And also through, the, through three refuges for you, which is traditional as a way to begin the retreat. So the first part of form that's essential is establishing or agreeing on conduct of virtue, non-harming, of honesty, as Manindraji will recite. In addition to the five precepts, we ask that there be no reading or writing during this time, that you put your books aside and use the retreat time just to listen to your own heart, your own mind, your own body, in as full a way as you can. That there be no phone calls during this time, that you just stay with yourself that you not leave the grounds, the area of this building and the uh, dining hall and the lawns around where you can do walking meditation, not to go to the store or go into town. Basically that for this time you stay contained here at the retreat site. And that you do no other practices except for some stretching or exercise or yoga if you like during the day. But if you have other meditations, leave them aside. And for this time, just experiment by doing the Vipassana training as fully as possible and seeing how it works for you. And after that, you can, in your own way, put it together with other meditations that you know. It's pretty simple, basically. Don't do anything. If you have any questions about whether you should do something, don't. Sit, walk, eat, sleep, pay attention, be silent. Now there's a schedule that's posted that you've probably seen which starts with an early morning wake up and two sittings in a walking period before breakfast. Then sitting and walking alternately throughout the day. There'll be an evening Dharma talk 
at 7 o'clock each night. There'll be group interviews, which we'll have every day, and you'll be broken into smaller groups and meet with one of the three of us tomorrow, and in addition on Sunday and each day following. The, inter the interviews are simply a chance for us to ask questions and find out how your practice is going, or for you to check in and ask any kind of questions you, you feel would be helpful to you. So it's basically to keep the time at the retreat very simple. There's a story from the Christian tradition of two young novices who were training in meditation in a monastery. And one of them went to the meditation master, the novice master, and asked if it would be all right while he went out to um, meditate, it would be all right if he smoked cigarettes too. And the novice master said, of course not. So he was out in the garden a few days later, walking, and he saw another young novice out there smoking. And he said, this isn't right. And he went up to him and told him, no, I talked to the novice master, he said, no smoking. And no, the other novice said to him, that's funny, I asked him and he said, I could smoke. And so the first one said, well, what exactly did you ask? He said, well, I went to him and I asked him, if while I went out in the garden to smoke, if it would be all right to meditate? And he said, oh, by all means. <laughs> that sums up the spirit of the practice here, which will be to take your meditation, to use it in all the parts of your day, from when you first wake up in the morning until when you go to sleep at night. It sounds like a lot. It is a lot, in a way, and perhaps for some of you the retreat will be demanding of your attention, at least, in ways that nothing else ever has. But the more fully that you can bring yourself back or give yourself to the meditation process, which is the process of paying attention, the richer and more powerful the retreat experience will be for you. So the form of the precepts of silence, of not leaving, of not reading or writing, keeping things very simple. Then a couple of attitudes that are very helpful in beginning the retreat. The first one is that of patience. It takes usually a period of time for the body and mind to settle down. If you're here for the week, then it will probably take you a few days to get settled. If you're here for the weekend, then it'll probably take you the first day or so to get settled. That settling is both the body getting more comfortable in your sitting posture and the mind, because many of us have been busy before coming here, having a chance to quiet and get more collected. So be really patient and gentle with yourself. What's necessary, said St. Francis de Sales in his instructions to meditators, is a cup of knowledge, a barrel of love, and an ocean of patience. Patience is really a softness of mind that no matter how many times the mind wanders off, when you notice, you gently bring it back again to the present moment. It's just being willing to be here and to come back each time gently that we're away. It's the effort to follow the practice in a gentle and careful manner. As I say, it will take some time to settle down and I'll repeat the instructions that I give tonight again tomorrow morning and in the evening again and on Sunday morning. They'll be repeated so that you have enough 
you hear them often enough that if you have questions, gradually they'll get straightened out in these couple of days. If you've been to retreats before and you're a moldy oldie, some expert or meditator who's done some practice before, this excellent would be a really good time for it to get deeper for you. It won't be the same as your last retreat, since nothing ever is the same. So try to let go of your expectations, whether you're new or old, and see if you can come to this more with the spirit of adventure. You're going to sit and walk and pay attention and see what you can discover rather than trying to make something happen that happened before that you hope or imagine to happen. That you'll take this time to sit and discover what actually is happening with your body and with your mind as you meditate. So it keeps things very, very simple. There's a, there's a friend of mine who's a, a famous uh, therapist in California. And in the workroom where he leads groups and works with people, he has a sign that someone brought back from Las Vegas from a casino on his wall. It says on it, you must be present to win. And the same is true very much the spirit in the meditation retreat. To be present means to sit, to walk, and to bring yourself, your attention back, to be here with what you experience. Now, with a certain amount of patience, a, a certain softness of mind, of letting things settle in a natural way, and a simplicity as attitudes, the next thing that's necessary is the training practices themselves. They come from the teachings of the Buddha called the Four Foundations of Mindfulness. Mindfulness of the body, mindfulness of feelings, mindfulness of various mental states, and mindfulness of the process or the, the structure which makes up the whole body and mind. Mindfulness of, of the way that our whole experience works, of consciousness, of the impermanence of things, of the laws which govern our existence. What we're going to do to begin with in the sitting meditation for tonight and for part of tomorrow is to start with a, a simple and basic training of concentration using the breath. And this breath meditation is used in Zen practice and Tibetan practice and most of the Hindu schools of meditation because our breath is our connection with our life force it's always with us, we can use it in any circumstance, and it's a wonderful, direct and simple way to bring the body and the mind together so that the mind isn't off in Chicago or St. Louis or wherever you happen to come from, but starts to learn to live together with where you are in the body. So I'll give first the instructions with the, for the breathing meditation. Then I'll talk a little bit about the other practices. And then uh, Ajahn Sobin will do loving-kindness meditation, uh, chanting. And after Manindraji, then we'll actually do a short sitting tonight. The exercise for the sitting meditation will be to find a comfortable posture in which you can sit quite still. And after finding that comfortable posture, allowing the eyes to close, and bringing the attention as fully as possible to feel the breath as it passes into the body through the nose, the chest, and the belly, and as it passes out 
wherever it's most predominant. Feeling the breath, sometimes it'll be a soft sensation of coolness in the nostrils or in the back of the throat. Sometimes it'll be a movement, a rise and fall of the belly or a movement of the chest. For some it may be the whole sensation of the breath coming all the way to the bottom of the abdomen and then passing out. So to sit with the eyes closed, still, gently, making a soft mental note of in during the in-breath and out during the out-breath, just softly in the back of the mind and feeling as fully as possible the whole duration of in and out as a way to collect or focus the attention. As this is done, you'll notice that the mind wanders. You'll feel two breaths or three breaths or ten breaths, and then you'll be off planning what you're going to do when you get back from the retreat or remembering what you didn't do today in order to get ready. At that time, as soon as you notice that the mind has wandered, it may be a few minutes later, let go of it wherever you've been and gently return again, re-establishing awareness on the breath. So you bring your attention back each time it wanders. And we'll work with this exercise on the breath for, we'll work with the exercise on the breath for the first day or so and then gradually expand the meditation then to include other sensations in the body and then emotions and mental states and sights and sounds until eventually the meditation incorporates all the parts of our experience. There's a walking meditation exercise which I'll give in very brief tonight because there'll be one walking period tomorrow morning before we uh, have the instruction period. And so I'll give you a very simple version and then tomorrow morning at 8 o'clock sitting, I'll review it again with more detail. The walking meditation will be to either go to the room here or one of the lounges or a place outside and find a spot where you can walk back and forth of about 20 paces in length, 10 or 20. And first just go there and settle down and feel your body standing there. Feel your feet on the ground, sensation of your body and weight. And then begin by walking fairly slowly. You can find your own pace. Paying attention to the lifting of your foot, the moving, the placing. Lifting, moving, placing. Lifting, moving, placing. Walk that way feeling your steps and using them in the same way that we use the breath in the sitting as a way to collect the mind and be focused in your body. Then as you walk along, you'll notice that your mind wanders. When you notice that, stop for a moment, collect your attention again, feel yourself there, and again begin to walk until you come to the end of the path, stop, and then mindfully turn, lifting, turning, placing, lifting, turning, placing around, and walk back the other way. What's lovely about the walking meditation is it becomes clear very quickly that you're not going anywhere. You start here, you walk there, and you turn around and go back. And so all of you with, with um, the great American uh, competitive spirit, 
discover it's a whole different kind of process. And the process is to use the walking as the breathing in order first to collect or concentrate the mind, bring the body and mind together. So there'll be a sitting meditation, using the breath, walking exercise. Then there's a third part of the meditation instructions, which are perhaps the most important of all. And that is to pay attention to bring mindfulness or awareness to all the other things that we do during the retreat time. That means to make the eating into a meditation or changing clothes or standing up from sitting or sitting back down again. And one way that's helpful in undertaking that is to slow down somewhat. At this time for the weekend or the week, there isn't much rush, except if you're in line to get food for lunch or you're late for a sitting perhaps. Please try to come to the sittings on time. Other than that, take your time. Slow down when you stand up or walk or open a door or change clothes and see if you can bring yourself to be there 100%. So you, you reach to open a door and you're aware of reaching and touching and pulling the doorknob open and then walking through the door. If you wash your face to cool off, be aware of touching the water and the sensation of it and the coolness of it on your face. Be as fully where you are as you can so that from waking up until going to sleep, you use all of your experience as a way to strengthen or cultivate mindfulness. There's a story from the Zen tradition that illustrates it in a way. There was a monk, a younger monk, who decided to do very intensive practice, and so he got permission from his Zen master to go off in a little hut in the rainy season for three months and practice very hard. And he did it, and as he sat and he sat and he walked and he paid attention, he got quite concentrated and his mind got filled with light and rapture, which happens sometimes, although not always or for everyone. And he had all these visions and nice things happen, and he thought, oh my heavens, this must be it. I must be enlightened. And so he ran down the mountain from his cottage to, I don't know how to work this thing, it's new. I hope it stops beeping. Um, ran down the mountain from his cottage to visit the Zen master and tell him all these wonderful things that had happened. He came in, he put his, put his rain gear down, he, rainy season, he ran in, bowed and said, Master, all these things have happened, lights and visions and so forth, and thought he was very proud of it, thought he was enlightened. The master listened and said, very fine, very fine. He said, it's raining, right? The monk said, yes. Did you bring an umbrella? Oh, of course I did. On which side of your shoes did you leave your umbrella when you came in? Monk could hardly remember anything. He was so excited running in to see the master. And the master said, fine, please go back. He sent him out to perfect what he called his moment-to-moment enlightenment. And the Vipassana training is a moment-to-moment training, a moment-to-moment concentration, moment-to-moment awareness of standing up, of sitting down, making everything that we do a part of the meditation. In doing so, in doing so, it really allows not just for a meditation that we can do with our eyes closed at home or in a meditation retreat, 
but it works somehow to trying to figure the right translation of this word to develop a kind of stability or um, maturity of the heart is the word a greatness of heart as you sit and walk and go through your restlessness and your knee pain and your various mental states of joy and sadness and all the things that will happen in the retreat what happens in a way as we pay attention is that not only does mindfulness develop but somehow it affects the heart there's a spirit of loving kindness or allowance or openness that grows a kind of centeredness that we can then bring to our relations with each person with all the kinds of situations in our life and that's why for vipassana we stress very much that it can be it can be practiced and learned not just with the eyes closed but in all the different activities of our day. <clears throat> I guess I close with one more short story. This is from the Hasidic tradition. It seemed that there was a young teacher who moved into town where there was already a great old Hasidic master who had many, many students. And this young teacher had no students and he wanted some. So he decided he would plan some way to embarrass the old master and thereby win the students over for himself. He went one day when the master was sitting surrounded by many, many students and he had in his hand a small bird, a tiny little bird. He went up to the master, and his plan was this. He would say, if you're such a wise old meditation master and guru, tell me, is the bird in my hand dead or is it alive? And if the master said that the bird was dead, he would open his hand and it would fly out and the master would be embarrassed. If the master said that the bird was alive, he would quickly crush it in his hand and then open it and the bird would be dead. Either way, embarrassment and he would gain students. So he stood there faced off with the master and all the students around watching and he said, so, you're such a great teacher and master, tell me, is the bird in my hand alive or is it dead? And the master looked back at him and said, really, my friend, it's up to you. We will do the best to provide clear instruction to answer your questions in the interview periods. Um, to be available if you need to, you can come up after a sitting to talk to any one of us. And to provide a situation in which you can train in the same way that you could in a great monastery or meditation center in Asia in some ways actually more easily and better. It's usually noisier there because they're often right next to a stuff that. They're usually right next to some village or something. And so the conditions here are actually pretty quiet. To provide instruction and a situation where in a week you can do a tremendous amount of meditation practice and it can get very deep and very exciting. As I said, 
in that process there'll be hindrances and difficulties that arise and that's normal and we'll address them. But it's one of the most exciting and wonderful things you can do in your life because it's learning how to really open the heart, to bring the body and the mind together and to develop your capacity for awareness and mindfulness in all parts of your being in your life. So I'm very happy to be here and share this with you. And also I feel very happy to be here with Manindraji and, and Ajahn Sobhan, both teachers that I respect very much. So now Ajahn Sobhan will recite the traditional sutra on loving kindness and then Manindraji will do the traditional... Yam Bhatan 
ตาอกาสะอาราธนังกะโรมานโมตัสสะภะคะวะโตอะราตโตสัมมาสัมพุทธัสนาโมตัสสัมภะคะวะโตอะราตโตสัมมาสัมพุทธัสนาโมตัสสัมภคะวะโตอะราตโตสัมมาสัมพุทธัสสกรณิยมันภาคุสเลนายันตังสันตังปะดังอภิสเมจสักโกอุชุจสุหุชุจสุวโจจัดสมุทุอนาติมานิสันตุตทโกจะสุภโรจะอับปัจเจโจจสันละหุกาวุตที่สันตินทริโยจะนิวโกจะอับปะคาโภกุเรสุอนานุคิดโทนาจะพุทธังสมาจเรจินจิเยนาบินยุปเรอุปวัตยยุงสุขิโนวาเคมิโนตุสัพเวสันตาภวันตุสุขิตัดตานเจจิปานาภูตัดพิตาสาวาทาวราวาอนาวาเสสทิคาวาเยมหันตาวามัดชิมารักสกาอนุกาทุราทิตทาวาเยจาทิตทายเจตุเรวัสันติอวิทุเรภูตาวะสัมภเวสิวาสัพเวสตาภวันตุกิตาตานาปารุปารังนิกุเปทนาติมันเยทกัตทาจินังจินจิพยารุสนาปติปสัญญานานยามัญญัตสะทุกามิจัยยามาตายธานิยังปุตตังอายุสาเอกปุตตามนุรังเเอวัมปิสัพปะพุเตสุมานะสัมภะวะเยอปริมานังเมตตันจะสับ
พระโรกัสสมิงมานสัมภาวเยอปริมานังอุทธังอโทจติริยันจะสัมภาทางอเวรังอสปัตตังติทันจรังนิสินโดวะสยานโอวายาวตัดสัมิกาตามิตโตเอตังสติงกาทิตเอยยาพรามเมตตังวิหารังอิธามาหุทิตทินจานุปคามาสิระวาดัดสเนนสัมปันโนกามิสุวินัยยาเกตังนาหิชาตุขับปัสยยังปุระเลติติภาวะตุสาภมังคารังรักขันตุสาภเดวตาสัพภะพุทานุภาเวนะสัตสุทิภวันตุเตภวะตุสาภมังคารังรักขันตุสาภเดวตาสัพภธรรมานุภาเวนะสัตสุทิภวันตุเตภวะตุสาภมังคารังรักขันตุสาพระเดวตาสัพพะสังฆานุภาเวนัสดาสุทิภาวันตุเตเอปดปดีเอเจนชันผู้แช่เราบินไทเนตทูอาวะเซลแอนเอนิวันเซลสัมบันหูยูอาร์เรสเปกเดมไลกับเพเรนส์ออร์ทิสเซอร์ส์ออร์เมนิพิโปยูแชร์เราบินทูเอเวอร์บอดีบีฟอร์บีกินิงทักทิสซิงความนาวอันทิวยูบินบินส์บีออนบีอิงส์เดดอนไลซ์ซัฟฟริงเดวันทูบีแฮปปี้เดชูทแฮปแฮปปี้เนสเซมบีอาทายทูปราคิซิมทูบีเรียลีแฮปปี้เนสออร์อีไรเทนเมนต์ความนาวก็ฟิวเซเคนฟรีฟรอมซัฟฟอริง
may all beings be rewarded. Sutta, the discourse on the loving kindness has been recited for the sanctification of the whole and also sending the loving thoughts towards all directions. It, uh, it is very helpful. And before starting the practice, there are some formalities and uh, which is very helpful, which are very helpful and also in the Buddhist countries generally they are applied, they are used. <coughs> and the three refuges, three refuges, what are the three refuges? The one, first one is the Buddha, the second one is Dhamma, third one is the Sangha. What is Buddha here? And Buddha, the meaning of the Buddha means the fully awakened one, the enlightened one, where all the good verses, completeness of of all good verses, of all the good things. This is the embodiment of purity, perfection of man, personified love or purity, compassion and wisdom. So to take refuge in the Buddha means And the to take repose in the personified love, purity, compassion and wisdom. <coughs> and Dhamma means here path of freedom, path of enlightenment, path of liberations, noble eightfold path. Sangha means Actually, the Paramatta ultimate Sangha, community 
of brotherhood, persons who walk on the path of Dhamma, noble eightfold path, who tread the path, who have realized it and or who are working on it, who are traveling or treading the path. Actual Sangha, the ultimate Sangha means who, who, be, who have experienced it, who have walked on the path, who have realized the truth fully or partially. They are called Paramatta Sangha. And <clears throat> so actually the, the three refuges taking refuge in the Buddha, in the fully enlightened one, taking refuge in the dhamma, refuge in the dhamma, the path of liberation, path of enlightenment, which you are going to practice. And Sangha, the brotherhood, community of brotherhood, who are following the path. So these three refuges are important to start with. The, the Buddha discovered the path for freedom of man. So we are going to walk on the path. And the and also the, the, the five precepts, disciplines, whatever we want to do, there is there are some ways, there are some versus it um, certain things certain verses are necessary to cultivate to develop and these five precepts which are called universal goodness which make the mind flexible and help to walk on the path the five precepts, the first one, not to hurt any living thing, not to kill, not to hurt any living thing, but to cultivate loving kindness to all, towards all beings. Second one, not to take things not given, but to cultivate generosity, liberality. Third one, during the period of this practice for seven days, uh, to cultivate mutual respect to each other, to one another, to, to abstain from sexual misconduct, but actually during the practice, observing celibacy during the practical period and to be respectful and to each one another. Fourth, not to, to abstain from t telling lies but to cultivate truthfulness. Fifth, is the, to abstain from any kind of intoxicating liquor, drinks, which cause heedlessness, but to cultivate heedfulness, mindfulness. These are the negative and positive side. Not to do one thing and to cultivate other side. <coughs>
why people break this why people and hurt or kill or rob why do they do people do this thing on account of selfishness on account of hate ill will on account of ignorance but not by not doing those things we help the opposite of this non greed non hate non delusions and non greed means generosity dana non hate means love non delusion means wisdom so by not doing these things and uh, we abstain from greed and hate and delusions which leads to us darkness confusions ignorance by not doing those thing and also by cultivating the positive side we help develop dana sila bhavana non greed non hate non delusions so to so these are the, the these are the part of this path path right as right as speech and right actions and right livelihood which is the part of the noble noble eightfold path these are the foundations and one these mindfulness is highly developed then these verses become natural you need not have to be imposed on not to need not have to be told by somebody it become natural they are not like commandments not of uh, and not uh, taking vow but it is a voluntary undertaking some precepts to abstain and if really wants observe this disciplines versus the whole world will be different there is no killing no hatred no robbing no insult to each other people truthful loving and generous and mindful then the whole world will change so the here actually everybody become responsible for his own deeds so when one is mindful the mindful man cannot do all these things when one is not mindful then only it can do the mindfulness protect guards oneself one find all kinds of evils wrong things confusion comes from where from our confused mind so th- this mind when well guarded well trained and mindfulness highly developed then it brings all kinds of happiness all of us gather here why we, if mind works if everything is all right if everything is okay then we need not have to come here gather here 
there is something wrong with us. There is something wrong, some suffering is there, pain is there. And that's why we want to train ourselves, we want to, want to understand ourselves. And because everybody wants happiness, nobody wants suffering. And, but all this suffering or hap, uh, happiness, where from come, comes? There is no one sending this to us. We are responsible for ourselves, for our doing, for our thought, for our actions. So the thought is most important, mind is most important factor. And when mind is well guarded, well, guarded, well directed, then everything happens, happens right. So this, mind, this whole process here, we are going to do the practice of mindfulness. And to be alone, to enjoy aloneness. Generally, generally in our day-to-day -day life, we, do, we are not mindful, we are not aware, we are, not, uh, we are very afraid of ourselves. We don't like to see ourselves. Mind is always engaged with the external object wasting energy and in external reactions continuously. Never become silent, never becomes alone. This is frightening for untrained mind. So here we are going to become our own friend to enjoy our own aloneness. If we really understand the nature of the mind, for the body, then it is much enjoyable to be alone. And uh, you can enjoy, it, enjoy your own companionship. You become more loving and sweet, to, more kind to yourself. And do all kinds of beautiful things. And, and you, can you can play with your mind and send your mind wherever you want, if, you want, if we really understand this its nature and if we have trained it, it plays a wonderful role. And many kinds of psychosomatic diseases also cured. Mind has a wonderful healing power also. And <coughs> and I was once I was in the hospital and long ago before my practice and because the environment of the hospital, I liked it. And the people are sick, and uh, people suffering. Some people cannot move his hand also, I found. And I found how body is so, this, how this impersonal. Body can, I, we cannot work according to our wish. It happens according to our nature, according to nature. So impersonal. So it, being in the hospital, and I enjoyed this, uh, uh, the hospital life, and it gave me my, much insight. And uh, after a month, I was told I have to, uh, uh, I was told by a nurse, I'm going to dis discharge the next day, because I'm all right. I, I was all right then. And I thought, in my mind, I want to, I wanted to stay for a few days more. And, but how, because I, I have no fever and nothing wrong now. Now it was all right. So I, I was supposed to be discharged next from the morning. At night I thought deeply. I want to stay here for about a week or two. 
and I want fever. And then, and the, in the at night, a strong will. I wanted fever. At the next day, next morning, when nurse come to take the temperature, then she will find a fever in me. And also, I would be staying here. They would not discharge me. They would not discharge me. So, it, with a strong will, I just slept. And in the morning, the, in the, I felt feverish. Then, when temp, uh, they came, then nurse came and took my temperature. She saw 102 fever. And uh, she said, you had fever? Yes, I relapsed now, I said. And, uh, oh, you can't go now. You can so doctor came and he said he fever relapsed. And uh, so I was, uh, again, I was allowed to stay at two, about two weeks there. And uh, it was, of course, at that time, mind was not trained, but will force was there. So mind plays a wonderful role. And during my practice in Burma, I had rheumatism, rheumatic pain. And uh, just by watching it, my t it, I could not walk, could not sit. It was very terrible, and uh, got a doctor gave me a lot of medicine, injections, didn't cure very well, and but uh, it just temporary relief, and again it suffers. I suffer very much. My teacher asked me to watch it, just watching it, and observe it, and uh, it was so difficult to watch it. It's terrible pain, body in the winter season, body sweats burning and twisting and on the sixth day seventh day I decided not to move Teresa asked me not to move just to watch it so then and uh, I trained I made up my mind not going to move anymore just watching three hours it took to break into pieces this solidity of the pain it appeared to me that it was very solid and uh, static but after three hours then it dissolved slowly, step by step, it dissolved. And uh, on the, uh, the f within four hours, completely dissolved. It, it is more than 16 or 17 years now, never came back, it, it cured. There are many I have seen, and by watching, many uh, uh, diseases are cured. But the purpose of this practice, not cure the disease. It is, of course, it is, the Buddha was known as greatest physicians. Uh, physical disease is, is the, uh, mostly is the effect of the mental ailments, and uh, the greed, selfishness, hatred, anger, ignorance, confusions. These are also diseases. These are called mental diseases. Uh, how they are cured, Buddha showed this path. The, 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 they are cured totally, in totality, complete as thoroughness from the very deep level so mindfulness helps to go deep and deep, deep level. So the, our time is short. So if we can devote time to practice it and devotedly, sincerely, you will find benefit even, even in a day. You will find a lot of things to understand. But this practice is not this thinking mind. Thinking mind is a hindrance. We are, being of the, we are the beings of the sensual plane, thinking plane, our mind is used to think always. It is so occupied, not silent at all. So the whole practice is the practice is the process, practice of silencing the mind, process of deconditioning, 
my, our mind is so conditioned by tradition, environment, society, education, names, forms, ideas, action and reaction, constantly it being reconditioned. So the whole process is process of deconditioning, not thinking mind, experiencing from moment to moment, living from moment to moment, without clinging and condemning, without judging and evaluating, just being, watching what is happening. Everything, whatever arises, it passes. So nothing to hold on, not to expect anything. They are just watching. It has wonderful power and it, it brings balance between emotion and intellect, between heart and brain, and it goes deeper and deeper. It brings equanimity of life and also leads towards the experience of unconditions, which brings about the transformation of the total being. So, and our friend, and Jack, I explained you the how to do it. Just he will give you the instruction. Before that, let us take this refuse and the five precepts. I will repeat this in Pali so that you may be acquainted with the language which Buddha used to speak 2,500 years ago, the language, it was the colloquial language, speaking language of that time. He used to use this language so that everybody could understand at, at that time. And this language is still used in the, uh, some Buddhist countries, in Sri Lanka, in Burma, Thailand, Cambodia, Laos for a st studying the Dhamma. Then I will, uh, the, ex the ex explanation I will, I will give you in English, rendering, English rendering. But you have to repeat after me so that you may be little acquainted. Later on you, uh, you may find time to read in deep, deeper level. And so please repeat after me. Namo Tassa, Namo Tassa, Bhagavato, Bhagavato, Arahato, Arahato, Samma, Samma, Sammudassa, Sammudassa, Namo Tassa, Namo Tassa, Bhagavato, Bhagavato, Arahato, Samma, Sammudassa, Namo Tassa. Bhagavato, Arahato, Samma, Sammudassa. The meaning of this is and homage to him, the, uh, uh, the enlightened one, fully awakened one, the fully liber uh, blessed one. And uh, then repeat after me again. Bud Buddhang Saranangachami, Buddhang Saranangachami, Dhammang Saranangachami, Sanghang Saranangachami, Dudyampi, Buddhang Saranangachami, Dhammang Saranangachami, Sanghang Saranangachami, Tatiampi, Buddhang Saranangachami, 
धम्मं शरण गच्छा संघं शरण गच्छा मीनिंग ऑफ दिस इज आई टेक द आई टेक टेक द रिप्यूज इन द बुद्ध आई टेक रिप्यूज इन द धम्म आई टेक रिप्यूज इन द संघ दिपीट आफ्टर मैगिन पनाति पाता अब्रह्मचर्यरमणिपदम मिनी Uh, I undertake to abstain from killing. I undertake to abstain from stealing. I undertake to abstain from uh, uh, and adultery. And but here I undertake to to uh, to abstain from all kinds of sexual misconduct. Also here I going to observe celibacy. I undertake to abstain from to observe the celibacy during this period. undertake to abstain from uh, lying undertake to abstain from drinking any kind of liquor or drinks intoxicating drinks which cause heatlessness these are the five precepts and uh, during the period please try to observe all these and uh, five precepts uh, as far as possible because we that is important that is foundations and uh, then more and more you will understand more and more of course uh, there will be uh, inter- in during interview period more many more things will be uh, discussed and clarified so we'll do a short thank you for listening to learn how you can support the teachers and dharma seed please visit dharmaseed.org/donate